the subject. So let's begin Luke chapter 14 and begin with verse number 12. Follow along tonight, please, as I read God's word, uh, beginning with verse number 12. And the Bible says, then said he also to him that bade him, when thou makest a dinner or supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city. Bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings on the word tonight. Lord, I pray you just give us a, a time when we can forget everything going on in life and, and uh, all the matters of uh, the day, God. And help us, I ask, in these few moments, God, to just focus on missions and the wonderful plan that you gave us uh, when you gave us missions and uh, Lord, as we prepare for missions, we pray you'll prepare our hearts and our minds, Lord, for what we will receive. And Lord, we ask in some, some small way that you would teach us, Lord, um, a greater path, a greater wisdom, and a greater understanding uh, for what you had in mind when you created missions. Lord, I pray. So thank you tonight for your word. Give us something that we can chew on this week. Give us something we pray that we can uh, digest and make a part of our life. And, G and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, <clears throat> missions is a wonderful thing. And um, in the passage of scripture that we read, we see uh, this supper here uh, that is given. And I kind of, in my life, I kind of, in my message tonight, I want to compare this supper to the thought of missions. Uh, because it talks about going out and, and finding people, the, the maimed, the lame, the halt, the blind, those that, uh, those that uh, cannot help themselves and, and uh, those that wander in the dark and, and don't know Christ. Um, and, and, and the Lord says, well, there's a supper. I want you to come 
to this supper. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than to know there's going to be a, there's a supper. Amen. And um, you can imagine the poor man who can't even afford his daily bread or the, the maimed man who, who has uh, in some ways uh, maybe missing an arm or a leg or a foot. Uh, someone, uh, uh, he has to beg to make a living. Imagine somebody coming and saying, hey, I've got a whole dinner ready for you. I've got it all prepared for you. Uh, just come. All you got to do is come and enjoy the meal. And, uh, and uh, we see in the Bible, some came. And, uh, but some did not. Some did not come to this meal. Some uh, stayed away for whatever reason or whatever purpose. Uh, they stayed away. But in the passage of Scripture, Jesus is teaching us that God has a desire to feed the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. And I believe it's talking about mainly the spiritual maimed, the spiritually halt, the spiritually blind, uh, those who cannot help themselves but need someone, hear me, need someone to carry the gospel to them. And, and there's such a great need for that. Um, Jesus made it a priority to his disciples when he, he told them and prepared them for he, when he was getting ready to die and go to the cross. And, and uh, he told them that uh, uh, when I leave, you know, go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. Um, the gospel is not an exclusive thing. It's a, it's a thing where God wants everybody to know it. The, the, the supper is welcome for everybody. Anybody who will come and hear of God can take of a spiritual feast. Uh, how many times I've gone home from church or read my Bible in the morning and felt like I just got fed, like I'm full. There's something wonderful that... Uh, God did in my heart while I was hearing the Word of God preached. You know, the Word of God is unique. You can read a regular book uh, and not get uh, anything for your soul. But when you read the Bible, these pages come alive. They mean something. They feed the soul. They feed the heart. So it's like a feast. Uh, missions is like a uh, a man, these missionaries, they take the gospel, they bring it to a foreign land. And uh, really what they're doing is they're feeding the supper that God gave them to the hungry, the maimed, the poor, and the blind. Anybody who will come, anybody who will hear. And, and God does that. That's what missions is. And we know uh, much about missions. Now, there's a, a flip the coin over. There's some things about missions that missions is not. And I want us to have a good understanding and even a better understanding of missions as God gave it in his word. You know, uh, a lot of people have different ideas about what missions is. But can I tell you, the Bible clearly defines what it is. And it tells us our part and our purpose in it. And it also reveals us to us what it is not. That we can understand uh, by understanding what it's not, it helps us understand what God wants us to know and reveal. And so we're going to look at some things tonight. And um, first of all, I want you to notice I've only got about nine or ten points, so we'll get out of here hopefully. There's no storms tonight, so uh, I'm just going to try to make up for Sunday night a little bit. Number one, <clears throat> missions is not God taking from us. It is God giving to us. Now, let me say that again. 
Missions is not God taking from us. Uh, sometimes we approach a missions conference with this idea, oh no, we gotta, we got to give again. Uh, uh-oh, the preacher's asking for money again. Uh, can I tell you what? Erase that horrible thought out of your mind. And let me replace it with something. Notice verse 13. Notice what he said. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And look at the next phrase, verse 14. And thou shalt be blessed. God has missions designed for you and me to be blessed. The blessings of God come through missions. And if nothing else, knowing and reading these letters from the missionary, knowing that somebody got saved that would not ordinarily have gotten saved and heard the gospel, had that feast not been brought to them, had that spiritual food not been laid before them and allowed for them to partake in it. And so, Missions isn't God taking from us. Can I tell you, if that's your idea, ask God to erase that from your mind and God to allow you to see that it's about us being blessed by God. Uh, <clears throat> you know, everything else you do, you can, you can, you can do a lot of things in life, uh, uh, but, but a lot of things in life, uh, you can do a lot of things with money in life. You know, you can buy a new car. I don't recommend a Ford, but if you buy, you can buy a new car. Um, <clears throat> some of you folks that have Fords. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. <laughs> I've got you at the top of my prayer list. Amen. Dear Lord, they're driving a Ford. They need your help so bad. Amen. Just help. <clears throat> Anyhow, uh, but actually some of the people in church send me things, jokes, uh, about Fords and, you know, different things. And uh, I love it whenever I can find it. You know what Ford stands for? Found on road dead. You know what that Ford stands for? So <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. There, there's nothing in the Bible that says that. I just threw it out there for, <laughs> we got there somehow tonight, but, <laughs> but, but see, <clears throat> God's not trying to take from us. God's trying to teach us a pathway of blessing. He's trying to teach us how to be blessed. You know, when you see, a, I think a little Timothy. I don't know who it was that, that got him started in church. But what a blessing it is just to see that boy in a good place doing well. That's a blessing. Money can't buy that. Money can't buy that. But life really should be all about seeing others come to this feast and seeing others be able to be refreshed and fulfilled and get saved by the word. So I'm saying to you tonight, missions is not God taking from us. It's God giving to us. God has blessings in store for his people through missions. And we've got to grab a hold of it. Now, secondly, notice missions is not spending it is investing. Did you know that? Missions is not spending. Missions isn't giving, so to speak. It's not throwing your money away. Now, now if you go gambling at the gambling hall, you're th going to throw your money away. Amen? 
<clears throat> you buy lottery tickets, you're going to lose. Uh, yeah, have you ever figured out how they're able to build those big casinos, multi-million dollar casinos? That's the money from dumb people. <laughs> Amen? Dumb people pay for those uh, things. They go there and uh, uh, give their money away. You might as well just, uh, you might as well just, it, it would be, you'd save a lot of time if you just took all your money, put it in a pile, and, and lit a match to it and threw it in the fireplace. You'd save a lot of time and, and gas money driving, driving to the casino. <clears throat> just thought I'd throw it out there. Amen? But missions is not spending. It's investing. Look at verse 14. I love this verse. And thou shalt be blessed... For they cannot recompense thee. They, in other words, he's saying they cannot give back to you what you give to them. They can't give back to you what you give to them. It's like our children. We don't expect our children as they grow up to give back to us. We just know they pass it on to their children and give to their children that they can grow up, but so missions are not spending. He said they cannot recompense thee. Notice verse 14. For thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. That teaches me and reminds me that God is going to take what we give. He's going to press it down. He's going to shake it together. And one day we're going to see what we have done, what we've given return to us at the resurrection of the just. So God's never, he doesn't take from us. God would be unrighteous if he were just taking from us. But the Bible teaches us he is not unrighteous to forget our labor of love. God sees everything we do and he says, all right, if you do that, if you give it, you're not just going to give it, I'm going to return it back to you someday. Now think of this. Who is the winner in that? Both the one who receives the word and the one who gives so the word can be received. Both are blessed. One gets saved and the other God takes and recompenses him at the resurrection of the just. What a blessing. What a blessing. Proverbs 19 verse 17 he that giveth unto the poor lendeth unto the Lord. And that which he hath given, will he pay him again. Now we don't give just for the motive that we're going to get back. But God is faithful enough to remind, to, to see what we do. And he says, I'm going to reward that at the resurrection of the just. What a blessing. You can't you can't, uh, money on this earth can't buy that. But what we do for God is not just giving, it's going to be investing in the Lord. Both the giver and the receiver end up being blessed. That's called win, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Amen? And uh, <clears throat> I'm a preacher, so I like chicken dinner. Amen? Uh, by the way, you know what a preacher's stomach is, don't you? It's a chicken graveyard. Okay, it's corny, but it was, <clears throat> I thought it was funny. My kids just rolled their eyes at my jokes, so. <clears throat> Number three, 
Missions is not for the purpose of doing social good, but for the purpose of saving the lost soul. Missions is not about going and feeding the poor and the hungry. Some have turned missions, this idea of missions, into just doing some social good. And, and somehow, uh, somehow they'll see our life and they'll want to believe in Christ. Uh, that, that's called uh, lifestyle evangelism. And it's a poor, it's a poor uh, mentality and a wise, unwise use of money to just give food but not give them the gospel. The gospel is their eternal food. Why would you give them something only that will feed them for today when you can give them something that will feed them for a lifetime? <clears throat> and I fear many churches are drifting into this mentality. Now, don't get me wrong. If you can use food to bring some people in and preach the gospel to them, there's nothing wrong with that. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Uh, God's allowed us to use um, scriptural good methods to bring people in. It's not wrong to have a dinner, to have somebody come in, because uh, if, if it were wrong, we'd be in trouble because we have potluck all the time. Amen? That's not wrong. But let me say this. It is not an end of itself. Social good is not the end of itself. It has to be coupled and prioritized as the gospel being given. Amen? So don't get this idea, oh, we're just going to go uh, feed people food. No, we're not. We're going to feed people the gospel. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with giving them food too, but that's not the end purpose of, God, of uh, missions. It's <clears throat> through the saving of the soul. Now, <clears throat> there's four things I want you to notice about this point. Number one is that it comes through the planting of a church. It comes through the planting of a church. Now, I say that because uh, Jesus established the local church in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15 as the pillar and ground of truth. And um, there's an idea out there that some people have that I'm just going to go to a foreign field and win souls. Let me tell you something. That's not the end means. What are you going to do after they get saved? They need to get in church and grow. And that leads me to my second point, uh, 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 that missions is about discipleship. It's about teaching people, taking people from where they are, teaching them the Bible, discipling them in the Lord. And <clears throat> where that is not done, um, people are not going to grow well. I, 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 you're here tonight because somebody discipled you. Somebody took time, a, a preacher, a person, a, a, a parent, somebody invested time in discipling you. And I'm saying that it's important to plant a church, have discipleship. Number three is go soul winning. Through soul winning. It's pretty clear in our passage of scripture that the Lord Jesus tells us to go into the highways and hedges. You know, God never commanded the world to go to the church. He commanded the church to go into the world. He said, go into the world. Now, our mission field is right here in Moore, Oklahoma. And this is where we ought to be going. 
But we're not called just to go here. We're called to go into the whole world. We cannot neglect the world just because we're trying to reach here. God has a purpose of here. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. I mean, God wants the gospel everywhere. It's not just for the purpose of social good. It's through planting churches, through soul winning, uh, <clears throat> through discipleship. And number four, the fourth key ingredient is preaching the word. Preaching the word. Take your Bible and go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> Hold your finger in Luke and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. If I can get there. You ever struggle finding the right page? It's bad when you're a preacher and you all have found it and I haven't got there yet. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Notice verse 18. Right, verse 17 is a good context. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But notice, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So preaching is a vital and important part. Um, you say, do you go to foreign fields and preach the gospel like you do here? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, <clears throat> just because they live in a different country and have a different culture does not mean that they don't have the same heart and the same makeup of a human soul like everybody else has. And the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to know, hey, don't just go feed them. Preach to them. Go soul winning. Tell them about the Lord. Establish a church and disciple them in the things of the Lord. Um, I had a guy one time call me and I, I said, um, are you, what are you doing? And I, I questioned the missionary. I want to know what they're doing and I want to know what their plan is. And uh, he, just, <clears throat> he said, well, I'm just going to go over there and talk to people about the Lord. Well, thank God for that, but let me tell you something, that's not the end result. There needs to be a church there where people can grow because, see, God's plan is that when people get saved, they come to the church, they learn, they grow, and from there, <clears throat> missions is spread from that church all throughout the world. You know that mission churches, churches in foreign countries, they also give to missions too? That's the intent of God. That's the plan of God. This thing just keeps on rolling and rolling and rolling. So I'm saying tonight, and trying to hit the nail on the head here real deep, is that it's not social good only that we're trying to accomplish. It is for the preaching of the gospel. It's so that people can hear the gospel and get saved and know the difference between going to heaven and ending up in hell forever and ever. That's foundation. All right, number four. <clears throat> Are you still with me? Amen. Number four. Missions is not just blessed by God, but fourthly, it is fought by Satan. Now, I want you to know that Scripture teaches us that Satan fights this supper. Notice 
verse 16. Go back to Luke chapter 14. <coughs> Excuse me. And notice verse 16. <coughs> notice what he says. Then said he unto him, a certain man uh, made a great supper and he bade many. Now, man, if, if you call me up and say, hey, preacher, would you, Miss Larson, like to come over di for dinner? Boys, I'm coming. <laughs> Amen? Uh, my mama didn't raise a dummy, you know? Now, I'm not hinting that you have to do that. Some people, some people say that. Of course, it would be a good thing. But anyhow, <clears throat> but anyhow, um, uh, you know, he, he said he, he has a supper ready. The food's on the table. Go get those that were invited. Bring them in and let's have this feast. But notice how Satan fought it. Verse number 17. And send his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground. I must needs go see it. I pray thee have me excused. Is that about the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life? I bought some dirt and I need to go look at my dirt. Hello, dirt. You're just about the same dirt as you were yesterday when I came and saw the dirt that you are. I can't go to the supper because I got to go look at my dirt. Now, think about that for a minute. That's, that's just the devil fighting this great supper. Well, that will never, he, he'll do anything. He'll throw anything in your mind. He'll, he'll put all these thoughts in your head. And, and, and can I tell you, it is not, the, the work of missions is a, it's about God allowing him to do this in our heart and our mind. But that old devil's going to fight us. And if, if you don't realize that, you should and say, Lord, here am I. I surrender to you. Amen. It's fought. The second man, verse 19, and another said, <laughs> this guy's funny. I bought five yoke of oxen and I got to go prove them. I pray they have me excused. Now, don't you test drive the car before you buy it? This guy said, I bought some cattle and now I got to go test drive. Is he dumb? <laughs> He's stuck is what he is. Amen. He's got them whether they're good or not. But, you know, isn't it funny how the devil gives us these excuses. Devil tell you you can't do anything because the economy's too bad. He'll tell you that. But I want you to know something. God is able to do what He speaks to us to do. God is able. Amen. That old devil. Well, I like the third guy. He's he's the worst one. Verse twenty. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. What a henpecked guy right there, amen? Man, I married a wife, and I cannot come. Well, why don't you bring your wife? The supper's for her too, amen? 
And, it, and all it is, it's a sign that the devil fights this feast because he knows people are going to get fed. That's why he fights it. Satan wants people to remain undone and unknowledgeable about Christ. Satan doesn't want anybody to get saved or hear the gospel. And he will throw up barrier after barrier after barrier. But let me tell you something. He cannot destroy the power of the gospel. He can't do it. See, we're on the winning side. And if we just don't listen to the old excuses that the devil throws up, we'll be on the winning side. Amen? You know, just because the devil fights shouldn't discourage the Christian. It should remind us how powerful God is because he can defeat all of Satan's excuses. Amen? So this supper here that was made didn't go to waste, though. That's the blessing. Verse 21. So that servant came, showed his Lord these things. <clears throat> then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city. Bring in here the poor, the lame, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. This guy, he, uh, he didn't listen to the excuses of the devil. Amen. He said, Lord, I'm just going to keep on following you. I'm just going to keep on following you. So missions is not just blessed by God, it's fought by Satan. Number two, missions is not, uh, I'm sorry, number whatever this is. You got number five? Somebody's keeping track of this. That's good. Amen. Number five. He's got six. I got a five. I got a five. I got a six. Who'd have given me seven? Who'd have given me seven? I got a seven. Who'd got a seven? Who'd have given eight? Eight, eight. All right. Moving on now. Are you ready? Here we go. Number 10. <laughs> You're the highest bidder. Sold. <laughs> Number whatever. Here we go. <laughs> missions. Catch this now. Missions is not a feeling. It's a commitment. It's not a feeling. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we feel the compassion of the need. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. And <clears throat> if there's compassion involved, there should be a feeling. There should be. But feeling alone won't get the job done. We have to commit to it. We have to say, Lord, I'm going to give it. I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to put that offering in. If, if, if money's short and tight, there's sometimes I put it in and said, I hope that check don't bounce. Amen. God, you got, let me tell you something. God comes through. He'll come through. And so <clears throat> missions is not a feeling, it's commitment. Next point. Missions is not an opportunity to do something temporary. It's an opportunity to do something eternal. 
Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> Go over to 2 Corinthians. <coughs> Excuse me, still got a cold. Hanging on. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse number 18. Notice the Bible says here, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the, the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See, missions isn't something that we look at easily. It's something that we look at knowing that it holds eternal value, eternal weight. It's doing something eternal. That bus kid that comes on Sunday gets saved that's, that's something eternal. Amen. That's going to last forever. Thank God. And we have to look not at what is seen. It takes eyes of faith, doesn't it? We have to look at what we can't see. I, I don't know where God, I don't know where God's going to help, help me give that missions amount this year. I don't know. Well, let God figure it out. Just trust him. And, and he will. So we're not supposed to look at things which are seen. <clears throat> but it's not opportunity to do something temporary. It's an opportunity to do something eternal. Next one. <clears throat> Missions is not just for some in the church. But it's for everyone to be a part of. It's for everybody to be a part of it. God didn't say, okay, uh, you, you're a person, you got a lot of money, so you should be the one giving to missions. No, it's, it's everybody involved. It's everybody involved. Even those kids, the kids can give to missions. Hey, that's a blessed thing when uh, uh, even a little child, uh, you give them a job during the week, they earn a couple quarters, and they put it in that envelope, right? 50 cents on that offering envelope. They put it in the offering I'm telling you what, that's a blessing and a joy. And you're teaching them something that's going to be an investment throughout all eternity for them. Amen? All right, I want you to <clears throat> wash my car today and I'll pay you a dollar. <laughs> Go out. <and laughs> the younger they are, the worse the car looks after it gets washed. Amen? That's not the point. The point is they did something to earn it. And they gave it to the Lord. I, I tell you, when you do that, you're teaching your child something very important. Amen. Even teenagers, even teenagers. <clears throat> you say, well, the teenagers, uh, they just don't have money for that. Really? Teenagers don't have money? You'd be shocked. Amen. You'd be surprised. They don't have a house payment, car payment, all the payments you got. So, you know where their money goes? Fun stuff. Oh, no, not all. But I'm simply saying, teenager ought to be involved in missions. Amen. Everyone ought to be involved in missions. <clears throat> you say, what about the, the widow who's on fixed income or... Or the one who just doesn't have hardly anything. Remember that widow gave two mites? 
She put it in and God saw her and God blessed her. God blessed her for it. And God will never let you lack. God will never let you starve. Amen. And so I'm saying tonight, it's, it's not a temporary thing. It's not something for just a few to be involved in. It's about everybody to have a part. And God speaks to you and, and you determine what he wants you to do. It's not something Pastor Larson can tell you what to do. It's not. It's something that the Lord impresses on your heart and your mind of what you can do and what you should do. Not just by what we have, by increasing our faith in the Lord. Faith promise. So missions is not just for someone, uh, some to be involved, but for everyone. Next point. Missions is not the church trying to get more money. It's the church trying to get more saved. Amen. That's what it's about. And you know, uh, it's not a high pressure sales pitch. I hate that kind of stuff, don't you? How many of you get these calls or just, uh, I get this call, somebody saying, we'll give, you get $26,000. I don't know where they got $26,000 to give it away to everybody they call. Probably just a scam, you know. And by the way, watch out for these scams because they'll send them on your phone, your email. Watch out for that, that stuff. Be careful. Protect yourself. But it's not the church trying to get more money. It's trying to get more saved. You know? Uh, it's about the lost soul. And if we ever take that purpose off of our mind, then we'll certainly be in big trouble. So missions is not just the church uh, getting more money. It's about getting more saved. Well, I've got one more point for you, and I want you to go to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And let's look at verse 34 as we close tonight. Mark chapter 6. I love this verse. <coughs> Mark chapter 6, verse 34. Notice it says, And Jesus, when he came out, he saw much people. And was moved with compassion toward them. Because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. My last point tonight. Missions is not seen in our own eyes. It is seen through the eyes of Jesus. We can't look at this thing as in our own eyes. We have to look at how Jesus looks at it. And notice what he did. In that verse I read, and <clears throat> when he saw much people, see, Jesus saw him, didn't he? He didn't, he didn't turn his eye away from him. He didn't turn his back on him. He saw him. He looked at their need. And the Bible said he was moved with compassion toward them. Why? Because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. <laughs> That's a sad State of affairs right there. They, they didn't have a leader. They didn't have anybody that could show them the way. Jesus had compassion on them because of that. And so he said, I'm going to teach them many things. I want to teach them. It is a wonderful blessing when a missionary or, or is, uh, starts a church somewhere that never had a, never had a gospel witness. 
or a, a church, even in the United States, that's planted, that didn't have a gospel witness. Um, or they didn't have a church that was teaching them the right, the right way and the right truths. Um, it's a blessing when a church like that is created and established. People hear the gospel, get saved, get discipled, grow in the Lord, and you hear their testimonies. You hear the testimonies of what people say and how God worked in their heart. And so that's missions. Missions is seeing the world through the eyes of Jesus. They're not just people walking around. They're eternal souls. And that eternal soul's got to go somewhere forever. And once, once they are, are gone, once they die, where they, are going, where they go is where they're going to be forever. Can never be changed. Luke 15 tells us about that rich man and Lazarus. And Lazarus died, went to heaven, but the rich man died and he went to hell. By the way, he didn't go to hell because he was rich. He went to hell because he rejected Christ while he was on earth. But when he died, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and he said, he said, uh, come, uh, send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. And Jesus said, they that are there cannot pass from hence. I'm, I'm saying it uh, incorrectly, but he's saying those that are in hell can't get to heaven. Those that are in heaven can't get into hell. And it's sealed. It's that way throughout all eternity. And so that's why Jesus has this uh, imperativeness and he places this importance upon uh, the church, the local church, to go out quickly, to, to get this supper out there. Many are hungry and need to be fed. And God said, let's get that gospel. But you have to see it through the eyes of Jesus. The eyes of Jesus. What does Jesus see? How does he see it? He does not just see a person as a person. He sees him as a soul. A soul that's got to live somewhere forever. That is the eye of missions. It's not looking at this thing through our own eye or even our own ability. You know, we look at this in our own ability, but you know, the church in Macedonia, they gave according to their power and beyond their power. They gave. They gave by what they could do and they gave by faith of what they did not see. You know why? Because they saw the Lord Jesus in it. They saw what the Lord could do. You know, um, the disciples often doubted what the Lord could do. But then they watched him heal the blind man. Then they watched him uh, heal Jairus' daughter. They watched him do all these things. And it taught them that they can have faith in the Lord, whatever he said. And that the Lord would, would do it. But the key is not to look at it through our own eyes. But we have to look at it through the eyes of Jesus. Because his eyes are perfect. His eyes see reality and how it really is. So, a lot of things missions is. There's a lot of things missions is not. And I hope that with God's help this year, we'll just... Have a heart to see what God says it is 
and have God's leading in our mind of missions. Missions. I'm looking forward to it. Let's trust God. Let's put our faith in God. Let's do what he wants us to do. Amen. Let's buy our heads tonight.